0: Have you ever found yourself in a place where what you thought you knew to do was not working? Where you thought you had it all figured out, only to figure out that you know nothing? A few years ago, our bishop gave us some suggested reading as clergy. It was a book by Todd Bolsinger called Canoeing the Mountains. And in this book, he tells the story of Lewis and Clark as they are seeking passage to the Pacific Ocean. And they packed canoes because their belief was that as they reached the Continental Divide, that they would find a river that they could easily navigate for passage to the Pacific. But, When they reached the Continental Divide, they found something very different. They found the Rocky Mountains. And they found themselves in a place going, what do we do now? We thought we knew what was going to happen. We thought we knew what was going on. And here we are now, and we must learn to canoe the mountains. And this morning's passage is, takes us to a, more, uh, to a similar type story. As we hear of the transformation of Jesus in Matthew chapter 17, beginning in verse 1, where it says, Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and brought them to the top of a very high mountain. And he was transformed in front of them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with Jesus. Peter reacted to all of this by saying, Jesus, Lord, it's good that we're here. If you want, I'll make three shrines. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And while he was still speaking, while he was still speaking, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my Son, whom I dearly love. I am very pleased with Him. Listen to Him. Hearing this, the disciples fell on their faces, filled with awe. But Jesus came and He touched them. He said, Get up! Don't be afraid! They looked up. They saw no one except for Jesus. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, do not tell anyone of the vision of this vision until the human one is raised from the dead. There the disciples find themselves with Jesus on a mountaintop. And I'm sure that the disciples had very good understanding of who Jesus was, of what he's all about, of what he desires. And they go up to the mountain thinking that they know this guy that they've been sharing life and ministry with. But then Christ is truly revealed. They immediately find themselves kind of Wondering what do we do next? And so they default and they go immediately into action. We got it all figured out. We'll build an altar for all of y'all. We'll build a shrine to each and every one of you. We got it. Now I want to take a step back and just look for a moment at Moses and Elijah. We're not sure where they came from, but we can be fairly certain that they haven't been there the whole time. For obvious reasons but Moses and Elijah are two key figures from the Old Testament and in this day and time Moses represents the law obviously through the Ten Commandments and such and Elijah would represent all of the teachings of the prophets But what we see as they appear is this, that the disciples are still trying to figure out how all of this Jesus stuff works. How it all pulls together. What does it mean? We need, Don't we need to worship all of them? Can, can we just stay here on the mountaintop? We'll build a, a tent for all of you. And as the disciples start to talk and explain what they're going to do, how they're going to react, what they know to be true, trying to explain what's happening, to show that they get it. I love that even while they're still talking and explaining, in verse 5, God essentially just says, will you be quiet and listen? Stop talking. What we need to do now is listen. They, they brought their canoes and they were ready to go only for themselves to realize, guess what, there's mountains here. And I, and I love that Jesus uses the term, or God rather uses the term discuss, talking about Jesus, listen to him. Because it just makes me think how many of us have lost the ability to listen. How many of us would rather talk than listen? Say, this is how it is. This is what it means. This, look, this is what's real. And, and we do so even in our prayer life when we go, God, this is what you desire, I know. And we tell God what God desires. How, how braggadocious and egotistical can we be? As a matter of fact, when we start Lent next week, we will be going through a season called Mute, where we will be looking at the idea of what it means to silence the ways of the world and the calling of this world, and listen to God. Because I'm a firm believer of this, and I've been told this by some people about in my own life. We don't listen well. I don't listen well. We think we know. We have our own plans. We, we, we know what we like, and so we believe that it's true. Or we just find ourselves arguing comfort and saying, we've never done it that way before. We become deafened to the call and to the voice of God by our own wants and the wants of the world. And then we hear this voice proclaiming today, Listen to Him! Not to your own wants and desires, not to the way things have been done, not to what you think, but listen to Christ. And guess what? Even when you think you've all got it all figured out, maybe even then, what we can learn from this story is, it's time to still hush and listen to God. Allow God to speak into and through us. Because when the disciples stop talking and they start listening, I love what happens because they look up and they see that God, that Christ is the only one that's there. This, this kind of raises within them an aha moment, if you will, where they realize that they've been confused all along. That the, what they thought they knew wasn't necessarily the whole truth. Because Jesus being there and being the lone one there symbolizes that he is the successor and that he has fulfilled both the law and the prophets. He is bringing a new covenant from God for all people. He is pointing them to who he is, to what he will do, and to who he will become. And they find themselves going, wait a minute. I thought I knew what was going to happen. I thought I understood this whole Jesus thing. But what they start to realize is this, something that we may need to hear in our own lives, that God has much more in store for each and every one of us. It's more than we could ever fathom. And sometimes we go, oh, I know what God has in store. I know how God wants me to do it. God, I've got it figured out. I'll call you if I need you. But notice that the disciples, as they start to understand more fully who God is, they don't fully understand, but they understand more fully, knowing they don't know it all or have it all figured out knowing that they don't know what the future holds. And let's be honest, neither do we, though we like to say we do, and therefore we go, God, I know what's going to happen, so I'm going to go ahead and do this and that. And God goes, sometimes just wait and listen. But the disciples listen. They listen to and they follow Jesus Christ. And notice where this leads them. Off the mountaintop, into the valley. And for some of us, we go, man, I wish I could go back to the mountaintop, but God is calling us to be in the valley, to walk with Him, to follow Him, to pursue Him wherever He leads us, and to trust that even as we find ourselves in valleys, even as we enter into valleys, that we are called to listen and follow. To trust God that God has more in store and is greater than we could ever fathom. Than what we think we know. We follow Christ. Which more times than not, if we're honest, if we're humble in our following, leads us to a place where we proclaim this. I thought I knew. So my challenge for us as we enter into the season of Lent this week, my challenge for us is to stop, to listen, to follow, to set aside what we think we know, and allow God to speak truth into our lives. Amen and amen.